0: Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care. aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, the podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Cindy Croft, Executive Director of the Center, and I'm here with Priscilla Weigel, our Assistant Director, who is my colleague in our podcast. Hi, Priscilla. Hi, Cindy. So this is part three of our podcast on expulsion for those who may have been listening to all of them. And we talked about what expulsion is and the impact it has on children. And we spent some time talking about the Center for Inclusive Child Care's Inclusion Coaching Program in Minnesota. And so in this podcast, we want to really um, spend some time with talking to the people who are listening about some ways that they can um, proactively Uh, prevent expulsion Mm -hmm. before it ever gets maybe to that place where they're uh, feeling desperate or Mm -hmm. where they think that that's the only step that's left. Mm -hmm. So let's start there Um, and maybe you can walk us through some steps. Sure. I think one thing too, and we spoke about it a little bit in our first um, part
1: of the series, but really truly um, stressing the fact that expulsion our goal is that that is not an option and so in order to set yourself up for clear guidelines including thing steps that you take as a, a site in your parent handbook right off the bat so that parents know kind of this is when these behavioral situations happen or when there's concerns. These are the steps we're going to follow proactively to make sure that we're all on the same page so that parents know that you're going to pull them in. If you're trying to change behavior and mm-hmm. create positive patterns it's really hard to do that without the parents buy-in and they would love to probably have the exact same tools you're, you're using for home mm-hmm. and that's something that our coaches do stress a lot is that there's there's a clear plan and that that's clearly articulated to families and also to make it a policy that your goal is to keep children enrolled mm-hmm. and that in order to do that it has to be a community effort and so that again reminds parents that it's not just your job as a provider but it's also the family and the provider working as a partnership. Um, second would be to connect with those local supports. There are mm-hmm. so many great supports in the state of Minnesota, but across the nation, Mm -hmm. on just tools and strategies. I know that there are lots of resources online that are Really easy to access. As far as we have tons of tip sheets on our website that just help you walk through some of the challenges that might happen with behavior. Um, take training, build your professional development. The more skills and tools you have, you'll fee- feel better equipped, better equipped to handle
0: any situation that that comes your way. Yeah, I was. I think the um, I was reading about in the federal. That there was just a policy brief that came out about expulsion. One of the things that it said was one of the main reasons in interviewing teachers around expulsion was uh, a lack of training mm-hmm. in developmentally appropriate practice yes. and that really resonated with me because I think if you don't understand that a three year old mm-hmm. will do a, B, and C, or isn't capable yet of mm-hmm. you know a, b, and c then then. Your, if your expectations are off then yes you're going to be sure. frustrated or annoyed or mm-hmm. and so I think that that training piece is so important and I know that as we work across the country to with our quality initiatives and we're you know power to the profession mm-hmm. we're trying to um, bring more uh, training and um, even, even bringing you know more credit coursework and, mm-hmm. and and so on to people who have been in the field and as new people enter the field, not that those are the only answers, but I think the more that people understand child development, yeah, I think that will that helps so much. And mm-hmm. I know you must see that okay. sometimes in the children that are referred to the CICC, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a child that you know expectations you know, whether it's something as simple as biting Mm -hmm. and you, and you know, well, it's a, it's a typical behavior at this age, Mm -hmm. even though, yes, it's frustrating and parents get mad. Sure. Or if it's something, again, that's a regulatory thing that's, you know, Mm -hmm. a toddler and and so on.
1: Yeah. I think that that comes up uh, very often in the calls that we get and asking, I'm, I, I'm one of my questions is how old is the child? Huh? okay, well, let's back up and think about what that child's job is at age three, and just reminding folks about that. Uh, Observing and documenting behaviors is really helpful when you're looking at um, just different patterns. You're looking for a pattern. Sometimes through that documentation and observation process, you realize that, wow, these behaviors occur every day right before snack. Hmm, I wonder if we move snack up a little bit earlier. And sure enough, you do, and that child really is able to hang in there till mm-hmm. lunch because they're, they maybe have eaten breakfast way ahead of some of their peers or just giving them a little snack to tide them over. Mm-hmm. Having a glass of water little things like that all come out of you spending time to really watch and see that child. Not that you're supposed to sit on a chair in the corner with a clipboard right. and be removed from all the other activity right. but if you know that today my focus is Cindy, I'm going to really follow her around with my eyes and ears I'm going to start to see when these things happen and you're doing it all through that child's enrollment you're not just waiting till the problem happens or the challenge you're starting the day they arrive to really build that documentation folder of observations that you've made and then communication with the parents mm-hmm. is so essential success happens when we communicate and so that that holds true for Co-workers, it holds true for families and um, providers. If you're not connecting with those parents on a regular basis and sharing information, you might miss a really important piece Mm -hmm. that is affecting that child's behavior in a negative way. And it could be as simple as, we have had the neighbor's dog barking every night, and so our child has not been sleeping well. And so that's set them off for weeks on end. Mm -hmm. Or it might be that we're just wondering if there's some food allergies and we're going through the testing process, but if you don't connect with that parent, you're not going to know those things and really it's our job to cultivate those relationships from the day they walk through our door that building the relationship of trust by just truly listening to
0: them or you know uh, we have so much uh, out, uh, available to us now about trauma-informed behavior and mm-hmm. again unless you know that family is not going to tell you right but we we don't always know is there food insecurity mm-hmm. in the home yeah. or is there inconsistency in care does do mom and dad are they are they living together anymore did mm-hmm. something happen. Mm -hmm. Does somebody else take care of the child at night that isn't the primary caregiver anymore? Mm -hmm. Unless they trust us and tell us that, we don't know. So then the child comes in the morning and they're very, very anxious Mm -hmm. and they might use a behavior because they want to know whether or not we're going to be there for them that day. You know, those are all things that come from that trauma Mm -hmm. that we need to know about through the parents or caregivers. Right, and I
1: think that really, the, you know, just to kind of um, wrap things up with one big last reminder is having a plan moving forward to just be going along and trying things here and there and saying oh, that didn't work, I'm going to throw something else that way Up, oh, no, let's try this one. It's very confusing for you as a provider it's also very confusing for the child and it takes time to change behavior. Mm-hmm. So you can't just try something once because it's not going to stick and oftentimes, when there's big challenging behaviors, a child will push back harder Mm -hmm. when the parameters start to get a little more secured in our, for us as providers and so talking to the parents, making a plan and saying for the next three weeks, this is how we're all going to intervene when this behavior happens. Everybody in this child's world is going to do this with these words. And that just is so calming to a child. It's like they just take a sigh. Now I know someone is here to help me organize this and figure it out. Mm -hmm. And
0: what a gift. Yep. Thank you. Well, I hope that's helpful for those who are listening. And um, I want to also remind people that they can go to our website, inclusivechildcare.org, for tip sheets. Mm -hmm. And also there's a feature on the website that's Ask uh, special ask an expert and so that's a place where you can ask a question that might be about a child with a special need or a behavior challenge or an infant and toddler that you have in your care and you will get a response from an expert mm-hmm. uh, in that area within 24 hours. and so we are glad to have that uh, tool for people to offer that. so mm-hmm. Thank you Priscilla. my pleasure. That's all for now. See you next time.